0: Welcome to Tranos and the Lived Experience, a podcast confronting current events, politics, comedy, and calamity, all from the perspective of a trans titanist. She's a verbal black belt, skilled in the art of roasting, the hell mouth, doomsayer, CEO of the Amazon position. Here's your host, Cameron Ellen Terrell. Welcome to Tranos and the Lived Experience. I'm your host, Cameron Ellen Jarrell, aka Tranos. Say that shit with your whole chest or be revisited by the ghost of sexual repression. Today's episode is called uh, Golden Girl Glizzy. Shout out to Betty White for a little bit of the uh, inspiration. May she rest in peace. Also, shout out to Sydney Portier. May he rest in peace. A uh, great black icon, uh, just a great role model in general who strived and thrived and achieved in a period of time that was never meant for him to do so, uh, you will be missed. Today's episode, once again, Golden Girl Glizzy. And what we're going to talk about today is we're going to talk about my relationship currently and in the past with uh, sexual encounters and how things, my outlook on um, those things have changed over time. It's a very vulnerable thing to talk about, really. Trans women's experiences will vary. This is the story about mine. I never really had a healthy relationship with sex. I just uh, always felt very uncomfortable in my own body. When I identified as a male, I was kind of, I felt forced into the masculine role. I felt like I had to repress parts of myself even during one of the most intimate acts that you can share with another person, I kind of felt like there was a part of me that couldn't be free in that situation to express what I wanted or things um, that I enjoyed. Um, uh, Let's talk about it, let's just get right into it. I identify as a pansexual, which I've identified as to myself for a very long time, but I had to go through phases of, sex, of my sexual preference and its representation being identified as a male for a very large part of my life i had to assume the preference of straight and i was never that i was talking to my producer b and they um seem to be my confidant we talk a lot about things like they are a consummate help to me and when i was talking to them uh, we kind of touched on like sexual awakenings and it, be it as it may, the weirdest thing. One of my first attractions that I was aware of to a man was Casey Jones from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the movie that mo- that 90s movie that came out when I was a child. Um, uh, yeah, that was like the first time I actually realized that I was like sexually attracted to men. Now, also being a child who had been molested before this awakening i felt like that was um a punishment i felt like my attractions were kind of a punishment even though i felt these kind of things before i didn't recognize them as being oh i'm attracted to men and at the the time identifying as a male um that would have been considered gay um but i also had these like weird like weird weird attraction to like indie rock girls alt black girls which back in the 90s were very few and far between and they were always um like i, I loved grace jones i had like a real like affinity for grace jones and you're like how does this play into sex and how it plays into sex is you have to really take an inventory of your attractions and at such a young age i was probably around 11 when ninja turtles came out Being able to identify, oh, Casey Jones is kind of rugged and fucking a little hot as an eleven-year-old. Kind of felt like um, it felt like something I should hide. Growing up in the like the eighties, early nineties, it was very easy to like hear someone like degrade that kind of attraction. How it was always kind of taught to me that it was like a disgusting thing and it was something that you should hide. Something that like you shouldn't talk about something that you just shouldn't be and being a child and knowing not knowing that there was no control over that that kind of played into sexual relationships that i had from then on technically like losing your virginity during a molestation will do that kind of thing to you um the first consensual sexual encounter i had um was with my first girlfriend my first like steady like like long-term real girlfriend and I couldn't I felt like I couldn't share who I was even with her because at the time like she was very conditioned to be like outwardly openly homophobic everybody around me kind of was it was the early 90s it was it was the rampant with the f-word rampant with like why am I tiptoeing around yeah the word faggot was used a lot It was used a lot sitting in that and just hearing that kind of stuff every day. Like it was just it didn't lend to my sexuality. So our first sexual encounter, uh, I got into this um, thought process that, oh, if I don't perform as this thing, then they won't love me. If I don't do what they ask, then they won't care. But then there was really no thought process into what I wanted in those situations or things that I might have wanted to do or things that I didn't find uh pleasurable i couldn't voice those things because i felt like i'm playing the role of the man as a teenage boy identified boy i had to play the role of a man and maybe that's the reason why we should have like more open conversations with our children regarding um sexual boundaries and things of that matter it's it shouldn't be so taboo and here it is i'm 40 almost about 42 years old and having those conversations are still kind of taboo. Like you should be having those conversations with your children before you send them out into the world. There's several conversations that you should be having with them. And that's one of them. I always kind of took the approach that in my stealth, there were things that I would have to sacrifice. I sacrificed uh, my safety in some of those situations, uh, being forced to do things that I really did not feel comfortable with. One, the relationship with uh, myself and my penis. So you would think, as a person with a, with a cool-ass name like Tranos, that I would be super comfortable with my body. I'm not. I, I never have been. Specifically, my penis. I don't feel comfortable with having it. I don't feel comfortable with its function. Yes, it still has function, be it a labored function. Um, when I was young, it would just respond. There was no real thought processes in it. It just needed a fucking... Um, it, the the only inspiration it needed was flesh was skin, <laughs> and then boom. But as a 41 year old trans woman who's been transitioning chemically for years now, uh, there's got to be a little bit more involvement in the arousal of that appendage, uh, and and also like feeling like because of that appendage, I was never going to get like the attention that I wanted. The attention that I wanted was I wanted to be like deeply cared for I wanted to be taken care of I wanted to be watched over I had to assume that role in every sexual relationship that I've ever had it's been wow like so uh, I haven't had a sexual encounter other than one time in about seven years and at first during my transition it was pivotal to me to like I needed time to myself to get acclimated with my body um so for like the first like year year and a half that's where I was. I just wanted to have um the freedom to get used to what my body was doing and to get used to the desires that I was like having cuz before like like I said like uh sexual encounters that might have been seen as gay uh I was really reluctant to try. I was reluctant. Now, don't get me wrong, there was a period of time in my youth where I went through that like like secretive DL Ho phase but that was so detached from what I actually wanted it was it was so secretive and harmful that like I wish somebody would have really sat down with me and told me like hey like you can you can explore these things in a safer manner it's okay to be what you are Anal sex was completely off the table. And when it was on the table, I was always forced to top other people, which I'm, I'm, I'm not really comfortable with a lot of the times. A lot of the times it makes me feel fetish, fetishized. It makes me feel like this person is only interested in me for this one part of my body. They're not interested in my wants, my needs. They're not interested in the possibility that I might have kinks that I want to explore or things that I want to share with them. And that just always kind of throws people off. Um, It was real. I was, I'm still at 41 years old, very reluctant. My last sexual encounter was two years ago. I've had sex one time in this seven year process. And it kind of drove me back into a situation where I felt like I needed more time to myself. Dysphoria being what it is. You're kind of like into yourself, you're, you're you're doing your thing and you're beginning your transition and then you get into a situation where you feel comfortable with somebody, uh, your, your clothes come off, you're sitting in that situation and you think you're ready and then dysphoria is just like, Surprise, motherfucker. Just jumps out at you and all of a sudden you are uh, critiquing every part of your body. You're wondering what this person sees when they look at you. You're, you're wondering if they're like comfortable with being around you. What role are they going to make you play? Are there any roles involved? Is this person going to harm you? It's just a lot of that shit going around. So my relationship to sex as it relates to currently is that like, yeah, I have physical desires, but am I'm not in the emotional space to fulfill those desires because it, it it's a lot about like me and i know that sounds super like selfish but it is it's really about like my comfort level currently i spent a long time in my life, like servicing others. I know that sounds fucking weird as shit, right? It's like, oh, this bitch is talking about she serviced others. I'm not talking about sexual prowess because there was lots of problems in my sexual, or well, my sexual performance when it came to dysphoria. Like, and a lot of times I couldn't explain that stuff to my partners because they just be like, oh, you're not, we're not aroused, like. Uh, like p- I can't stop and say, oh, it's because I'm definitely afraid that you're going to, one, find out who I am, and two, I don't feel comfortable with using this appendage that feels like foreign and almost alien to me 90% of the time. It was just kind of hard to bring up those conversations, especially in the circles that I ran in. Shout out to that ex-friend who used me as a sex surrogate. And then when I came out, let me know that the only valuable part of me, I was relinquishing to be a woman. Shout out to you for um being a whole dickhead. And I'm glad that we don't talk anymore because that I wish I would have heard that kind of shit come out of your mouth a long time ago. Because it's just it's just a it's just like why? like Why are you being a dickhead fool? Stop being a dickhead. Could you have just thought about, like, how, what I was going through in that moment? That was a very important time in my, like, awakening as a human being. Like, I come out to you and I tell you, hey, like, I know we have this arrangement and um, here's how what I'm going through could possibly affect it. I'm trans. And to have them respond with, you're getting rid of, the like, the only part of you that I care about was just very, it was really fucked up. Like, I had a conversation before this sexual encounter that I was talking about before I got off on that tangent. Sorry about that. No, I'm not sorry. Fuck you. You're listening to my show. and my fucking story. Um, I had a conversation with this person beforehand and I spoke to them about like the fetishization and how I wanted to be treated as who I am. I wanted to be treated like a woman. I didn't want to be forced into this role as a man and they were on board. And then just like, um, as this, tryst began that's what i'm gonna call it a tryst began they kind of just like disregarded everything i said like disregarded i was like forced into this situation where i had to be a top i was forced into the situation where foreplay really wasn't a thing and if it was it was more me doing the foreplay than anyone else they avoided parts of my body which made me feel really dysphoric and made me feel really just ugly It, it just made me feel ugly it it wasn't enjoyable for me it I felt very used after the fact this person immediately like later on like the next day like sent me a bunch of critiques that you would send to a man like your stamina and like your penis wasn't hard enough and it just seemed like it took you a really long time to get like uh, ready for this to happen but like you didn't take any inventory during that situation and ask yourself like what could I have done to help or was there a part of this conversation that we had before that might have attributed to what was going on? Like, what were your actions during the act? It just kind of soured me to, like, sex. It made me feel like every situation that I was going to get into was going to be those ki- that kind of situation. A situation where I'm disregarded. A situation where a person shows me that my authenticity isn't that authentic to them. That they believe that I can just switch back and forth. I had um, another situation that just kind of lends to my like shyness towards like sexual encounters, is to have like an ex see me at a wrestling show, and I'm obviously identifying as a woman, and just kind of ask me was I going to be like switching gimmicks, like was I going to wrestle again as Gabriel Saint, like kind of like I can just put a man costume on anytime I want it. Um, That's a thing that I get asked about a lot. Cause it's not that I um, don't get asked to have sex is that I just don't have it because I don't feel comfortable. I have been propositioned for sex a lot in the last like three or four years, but those propositions always come with like fetishy bargains. Like, Hey, like I would like to have sex with you, but only if you keep your shirt on or Hey, I would like to have sex with you, but I don't want to see your boobs. Now, boobs update i had a reconstruction so i currently walk around like a 44 double d slash e so it's kind of hard to hide boobs during a sexual encounter and i shouldn't have to i should be able to feel comfortable in my body especially if you want me to share said body with you it's just kind of weird for you to just come out of the blue and just be like well i don't i don't really want all of you. I just want this part of you. And I'm supposed to feel okay with it. It's just a real like fucking like kind of like a slap in the face. Like a whole like slap in the face. Um, I've even got situations where people have zoned in on one part of me. and You know what part I'm talking about. It's kind of like that situation where you're like you're trying to be sexy. You're trying to feel your feminine oats. You're trying to like f- feel that feminine energy. And someone just comes out of their mouth like. Nice car. That's all you're here for like you're dying you're not seeing me as a whole being like if it was just gonna be that like why didn't you just go get a strap on also um while we're on the topic uh men uh please stop asking in my dms if i'll top you it's disgusting it's fetishy most of you don't even ask me anything else that's like the one thing you say to me and then some of you have the absolute nerve uh, to get upset when I don't respond. Like, really, nigga? Like, really? Really? Like, you you don't see why a person wouldn't respond to that? Why a trans woman wouldn't want to respond to that kind of attention? I want to be seen in public with you. I want to be, I want to be, oh, like, romanced. I want to be taken to dinner. I want to be treated like a person. Like, if you think that this is going to be some situation where I meet you at some seedy hotel, I am sorry. I'm 41 years old and I'm not built for that shit. I went through my whole phase and you missed it. (laughs) And you got to, like, kind of take what you get from me. Like, I'm not willing to negotiate the way I was when I was young. I negotiated a lot of my sexuality away, a lot of my safety. I negotiated away a lot of my comfort. And at this age... And and this realization of who I am, I just want to be respected, top notch. Uh, just being out, uh, just putting it out there, like to the person who was met for me. This is gonna be some golden girl Glizzy. It's gonna be, some some prize Glizzy, girl Glizzy. But like, that comes with a caveat. That comes with intimacy. Is 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 just that. It's intimate. It's personal. It's 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 all encompassing. I I don't want to just have sex with a person anymore. I wanna have a relationship that involves sexual exploration together where I, not for the sake of like thrusting this onto one person, I don't wanna thrust this onto one person like, hey, help me explore what my body does now. But I kinda wanna like learn what my body responds to because sexual function is completely different now. Sexual function is completely different. Uh, The difference between a male And female orgasm is astounding. And I know I'm only getting a dampened one because I am not configured for the full brunt of what a female orgasm feels like. But there is definitely a difference. There is definitely a difference in the length of those orgasms. There's definitely a difference in the quality of them. They last a lot longer. They feel a lot stronger. They start in a different place. It's so weird. Like the male orgasm was just kind of like a blip and it's over with it's just kind of like a like you know what i'm saying like a fucking like and it's over with like the female the trans female orgasm as i experience it is from like the crown of your head to like the soles of your feet and it's completely different and it could sometimes last an entire minute sometimes i think the longest one i've had was three minutes um which is just astounding as coming from the experience of having male fashion orgasms where it's just like a and a couple seconds later you're like kind of shivery but you're ready to go walk off go do what you got to do you're all sweaty and panty and shit like that like the feminine orgasm starts in your mind and then you kind of like well how I experience I want to make sure that I'm not like encompassing everybody else's experience but it just kind of starts in your mind and then it it builds and it builds and it builds and it builds and then you feel like this tingling everywhere your chest gets warm and then but for like three minutes (laughs) for like a like a whole three minutes and um the after is a little different too there's not a lot of uh how do I say this nut (laughs) there's not a lot of lotion (laughs) uh I don't make um large amounts of seminal fluid anymore so there's no mess <laughs> like there's there's no mess to clean um so if you're looking for that whole male experience i can't really offer that to you um on top of arousal the way that arousal works for me is completely different before all that needed to be was a body next to me and like or a heartbeat and like boom like a, a steel rod for like half an hour you know what i'm saying now it's it's got to be more involved like that arousal has to be constantly being like activated and like there there has to be like an ambiance there has to be a feeling there has to be like that that magnetism like it's not just oh you look pretty naked it has to be like oh i care about this person or oh this person's so beautiful and this person is touching me in the right way and they're thinking about me which hasn't happened yet none of that has happened yet um it's just a lot of fetishization that's going on when it comes to like sexual encounters that I've had. Uh, let's take a small break. I'm going to hit some of this marijuana. Today's strain is a uh, granddaddy purple, which is touted to have uh, a rumor to have some effects on sexual performance and sexual enjoyment. Also today's song, brought to you by the band Hole. the episode song is called violet um this song played huge into like my teenage inner female angst um courtney love was a big influence i mean i know some of you're gonna be like what the fuck, courtney love but yes i listened to Hole religiously hold on a second so what we were talking about before we went on that little break. Like, yeah, the consistency of things is just a little different. Like the 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 makeup, like masturbation's different. Like I don't because of my encounters and um things that have happened to me in the last couple of years, like i.e. attacks, how men see and treat me, how they act around me, I'm not as physically attracted to them anymore. Now, I'm not saying that the attraction to them is gone. I'm saying that my fear of them outweighs my attraction to them. So like even fantasizing during masturbation is not about them anymore. I am much more into watching things that are more T for T, trans for trans, because I feel safer in those situations. I imagine in my mind and even in my fantasies that another trans person will understand where I am and will take the time to like build with me, will take the time to understand like what I'm going through, or maybe have some advice for what I'm going through, not that it needs to be placed solely on their shoulders because that's work that I need to do with myself, but it would be great to have a partner that understood that that work was happening. So like my attraction to men, like I don't even watch porn with men in it anymore. I don't, it's just not like my, my aversion to them and my like underlying fear of them. Has like dulled my attraction in them. When I was in my 20s. I was super attracted. I was super attracted to like athletic. Strong bodies. These stupid porn tropes. With men being like. Oh I'm the plumber. That kind of shit. Now it's just like. No I'd rather watch intimate encounters. With trans women. i rather watch cis women and trans women. i rather watch non-binary people. But you throw a cis male into the mix. And I am through. I don't want anything to do with that it kind of dampens the experience it lowers my actual arousal and then i'm just kind of done like i said this episode has been about me being really vulnerable about the things that have happened and sexually like i need a relationship and i need a safe space for sex and since i haven't had that um i kind of just don't engage in it and I know people are like, you're 41, you don't have that much time on the clock. But we see people in life who have sex well into their, like, 80s and, like, have sexual, like, healthy sexual relationships. And I think waiting a couple more years for the right person is worth, like, not doing that right now. Now, I'm not saying that that needs to be your choice. We're talking about, like, my experience. And my current experience is that the one sexual encounter that I had in the last seven years was enough for me to like step back and be like I think I need to reevaluate um sexual relationships do I want to have casual sex with people at this current time no um am I a lot of the time being fetishized and that's definitely not another thing that I want correct that is definitely happening and that's not something that I really want in my life I think that sex is a very intimate thing and if both people, both parties don't approach it that way, then you are just a receptacle and I don't want to be anybody's receptacle. That's fire in the booth, my God. That's fire in the booth, my God. You hear that? That's that was fire. What I just said was fire, so I'm gonna repeat it. I don't want to be anyone's sexual receptacle. I think that sex is, and intimacy is something that is shared and it is one of the greatest gifts emotionally and physically that you can share with another person is the merging of two bodies no matter how you do it like it's not doesn't necessarily mean i'm talking about penetration i just mean like just the intimacy of sharing a moment with a person where your bodies are both very vulnerable where you are literally uh, consensually sharing each other like that requires a certain amount of respect and i haven't found anyone who's shown me a level of respect that requires me Afterwards, or justifies me sharing myself with them, but I mean, I'm 41 is young. A lot of people talk about 41 year olds nowadays, like we are ancients. And don't get me wrong, I've lived a life, but I still have a lot uh, more life to give. So, with that being said, I think I will be doing another episode regarding this because uh, definitely, like things could change. Like life changes, things like things come up. Uh, there's there's awakenings every day people's eyes open to new things about themselves on a moment-to-moment basis sometimes so maybe that that's what's happening in my life right now maybe it's just i'm preparing myself mentally and exploring myself physically so that i would be comfortable enough to share myself with someone else Maybe we'll come to that in the future. And when we're talking about the future, if you have any questions regarding this episode or want to give me some feedback or just want to, like, send us a shout out, um, check us out on Twitter. My username is at the Tranos. That's capital T-H-E, capital T-R-A-N-O-S. On Instagram, my username is Tranos Lives. That's all lowercase. And that's T-R-A-N-O-S-L-I-V-E-S. And check us also out on TikTok, where I will be arguing with problematic allies on a daily basis. In the comments, they are fighting for their lives against me, and that's um, at the Tranos, which is lowercase T H E T R A N O S. Um, this episode has been brought to you by <laughs> Granddaddy Purple. The episode song is Violet by Hole. Um, this has been Tranos in the lived experience. Uh, the show that is definitely rocking a promise ring currently.